my daughters have passed down this one shirt that's been my favorite and it just says, do all things with love. I love that shirt so much because I just think it's a good reminder my kids, right? Did I buy that shirt because I thought they would look down and read it and do that? Did I buy it so that other people would look at my children wearing this shirt and think they're good kids? Did I do it so I would remind myself? You know what? I have no idea. I don't know. I like what it says. I also bought my own shirt a couple weeks ago that says kindness is free. Do people wear these things because they want to influence the world or because they want to influence themselves? It's an interesting thing to ask because I think we see this message everywhere. If you go to the hashtag choose kindness on Instagram, you will find 244,000 posts. So definitely people care about this message. That is no surprise to anyone. Today we are going to talk about how these messages of kindness become action because that's when it changes the world. So we're going to talk about it in our homes and about what really moves our families to choose kindness as a habit. So come along, friend. Let's grow. Welcome to Families That Stick Together. Just step right over the random pile of clothes where it looks like all my kids melted. Turn right past the pile of papers still out from last month's school project. Maybe don't look at the sink and make yourself at home, friend. This is where our family of six hangs out. It's where our real life happens. Stay long enough to be reminded of what we both already know, that swimming upstream is not without much work and grace, but it does come with friends who are rooting you on just as fiercely as the way you love your strong family. We work together here as friends so we can get to the end knowing we did well. Come along with us to gather together to grow through it all. Welcome, friend, with your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee. I can't wait to spend my time with you. And now, my mom, who loves sunsets, sun, clouds, anything in the sky, Jennifer Zumbio. This podcast review comes to us on iTunes from Avalon Sunshine. She says, I already love this podcast and can't wait for more episodes. Jennifer is like that great mom friend who gets what life is really like and has realistic expectations of how to make family life even more meaningful. We all want to connect with our kids and create sweet moments together. This podcast has ideas you can use with your family today. Thank you so much for those sweet words, Avalon Sunshine. When I read those, it is just such a great compliment and I appreciate it so much. So please keep them coming and maybe yours will be read on air too. I want to share a story that I think we can all relate to or at least understand. So I have coached my daughter's basketball for a very long time and I always start with them in second grade. And when you watch a small child try to play basketball, one thing you will notice is there's not a whole lot of passing that goes on. It seems simple because you sit there and you watch the game and you think, oh my gosh, pass the ball. There's somebody open right there. But it's such a hard concept to teach at a young age 
because they have to learn all the coordination to even get there. They have to be able to stop, see somebody in time to know exactly where their feet have to land. They have to know not to travel. They have to be able to pass it through people. I mean, we all know that's a whole lot of coordination for a little person. They also have to want to be unselfish. And again, that's not a natural skill that happens so quickly in life. They have the ball. They want to dribble and try to make some action. There are just so many things that have to line up. And in their mind, it's easier to just ignore everyone, not on purpose, but to just keep going for themselves. But once they learn those things and they grow up a little bit and they get through a couple basketball seasons, it is pure magic for the coach, the parents watching, and for the team. When these children realize how much stronger they are together instead of alone, it completely changes them as basketball players and as a team. But they didn't get there simply because someone told them to choose to pass because people have been telling them that all along. They had to strengthen their unselfish muscle and they had to practice drills of coordination at practice so that it would all feel natural. And then when they were in that game day situation, it just happened. So what the heck does this even have to do with teaching us to choose kindness? Well, I think we can't expect kindness to happen without strengthening and practicing two really important virtues, and these are empathy and compassion. Oh geez, there's those two words. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure. Do they mean the same thing? Are they different? What's the difference? I know those are two tricky words. I know it seems silly because here we are adults, but here's the difference. Empathy refers to our ability to take the perspective and feel the emotions of another person. That sounds awesome, right? But here's the difference. Compassion is when those feelings and thoughts include the desire to help. So back to the basketball analogy, when the child learns, I know I need to be unselfish and pass the ball because it will help my team, this would be a comparison of empathy. They feel the emotions of the other people. When they think, I will practice and I'm going to learn how to do this and I'm going to find opportunities in the game to make this happen, that's when the compassion kicks in because they all of a sudden have the desire to help because those feelings spurred that on. Once they begin passing the ball, that would be all those kindness acts beginning, right? So once these become practiced, they just become second nature and it just happens in this child's athletic ability and it becomes for the good of the team. Brene Brown says this about compassion. Compassion is not a virtue. It is a commitment. It is not something we have or don't have. It's something we choose to practice. If you just heard that quote and you feel the way I did when I first heard it and thought, wow, that's such a good perspective. Yes, yes, we have to be committed and we have to practice it. Then I think you're gonna be pretty excited to take time here to chat about some more ways we can fit this practice into our real lives because that's where we all are. We all live real and we already feel like we are trying to teach it all in our families. So. This is not something more that we have to add. It's a way to look at teaching these skills that fit into every day. 
and I wanna talk about it in a way that feels easy and natural. There are a lot of people in studies that will actually tell you focusing on empathy alone can be a mistake because it can be emotionally and mentally draining because you know it just puts yourself personally into others' lives and it really can become a toll on you. So what's the secret in moving this to healthy action? Well, it's the commitment to practice. I want you to take a few seconds Think of a kind act that someone close to you did for you recently. Did you think of it? (laughs) We are out of town as I record this, and my dad texted me the other day and said, Hey Jen, I sprayed the weeds at your house and on your driveway. I did not ask him to do that. He did it because yes, he's my dad and dads do those nice things for us, but also because he knows how it feels to have four young kids and where priorities are placed and he was moved to help. Plus he probably was going over there to get my mail and just thought, oh my gosh, spray the weeds. (laughs) But I didn't ask him to do that. So what act are you thinking of? Did this person do this for you because they knew how you felt and they wanted to help you feel better or to feel less stressed at that moment or just to make you happy? Chances are you aren't the first person that person has done something nice for. They most likely make it a practice in their life and lucky for you, they chose you to keep moving forward with. Maybe you're thinking, that's great. I do kind things. My kids do kind acts all the time for people. We've got that covered. Awesome. So let's then talk about ways to stay committed. Because just like that basketball player who learned it's good to pass, if she doesn't keep practicing over and over, that skill will never become as natural as it should be, right? And the selfish part will slowly creep back in. So I think that the best way to learn how we should act in the world is by viewing our family as a small little community and get really good at home first. You know, empathy, compassion, kindness, it's all about knowing someone in a way that makes their needs become more important than your own desires at the time, right? So I want to talk about four things that we can be doing at home all the time that is going to make everybody in our home's needs become more important than our own desires. And that is going to move us to have regular commitment and practice to these virtues that we definitely want in our homes. So I'm going to give you four things that you can easily, 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 guys, just make habits of with everyone in the family. So if this becomes a family meeting for you all, then Write these down and start talking about them. Okay, number one, listening. This is something that you all have to become just pros at. Active listening means eye contact. It means not thinking of the next thing that you want to say, but really processing what the other person is saying to you. A friend of mine who's going to be on the podcast next week, Christy Hayes, we came up with this little saying to help us make sure we stay engaged with our kids especially. We call it stop, drop, and fold. What that means is whatever you are doing at the time when your child or your spouse or your friend or whomever comes up and has something to talk to you about, you stop what you are doing 
you drop it. If it's the laundry, the dishes, the cell phone, whatever it might be, and you fold your hands, stop, drop, and fold. If you fold those hands, that is the the key to making sure you stay engaged with that person because you're not tempted to do anything else. But when you give someone all of your listening, you are just telling them how much you care about them and how you want to get to know them. Okay, so that would be number one, become pros at listening. Number two, become experts at asking questions because if you just know this listening thing so well, we have to dig deeper. I mean, that's the whole mission of to gather, right? Is to get there easily. We have to be thoughtful in the way we ask questions. We have to show we recognize our children or our spouse or the people that we're talking to. We have to know what's been on their hearts. And the only way to do that is become experts at asking questions and the follow-up. If we can cultivate this in our families, you all, we can become so close and so just knowledgeable of each other and know their feelings. And of course, the together stickers are such a great way to do this because everything's right there for you to talk about. So become experts at asking questions. Number three, share stories to let everybody know that you understand. It is such a good practice to just tell somebody something when they come to you with a problem or a situation. And I bet this is something you are already so good at. How many times have your kids had a problem and you tell them a similar situation that you went through? I mean, if my children ever come up to me and say, hey, I feel left out or I can't believe this party went on and I wasn't invited, Matt and I most... Every time we'll say, hey, you want me to tell you what I just saw on Facebook where so-and-so and and -and so-and-so were out having a party and we weren't invited? Anyway, share stories to let the person that you're talking to, especially your family members, know that you understand that you've been there. Do you see how that right there is just cultivating that empathy muscle and strengthening that? They see that they are not alone. So there's so many good things that come out of that. Number four, don't jump to conclusions. If somebody tells you something in your family or you see your child doing something, don't automatically assume you know, that they felt one way. I've done that so many times with my kids for sure. And I think at home or with people that we witness outside of our homes, we just have to be quick not to pass judgment. You know, one of the things that I can share as an example is when my kids have come home from school, mostly at a, when they were in the younger grades, and they'd say someone was being mean. And We'd always make a point to tell them, you know, don't just assume this child is a mean child. You have no idea what's going on at their home. Maybe they got yelled at by their parents this morning. Maybe there's something really tough and stressful for them and they don't know how to act. So they bring it to school and take it out on somebody there. And I think it's just such a good thing to remember and talk about is don't have assumptions for other people and their actions. And the more that we can practice these things at home, listening, becoming experts at asking questions, sharing stories to let them know we understand, and not getting to all these assumptions about things, then that will transfer into everybody's world outside of the home. So at school, on teams, in the workplace, just in the grocery store, whatever it might be, these are 
things that we can become committed to that will become daily practice. Today's bonus question for myself comes to us from Together for Easter. Did you know in addition to our Together for Family Dinner sticker games and Together for Date Night and for Lunch Bags, we have some seasonal products Together for Easter and Together for Advent and they are so fun and they actually come with neat posters that you put up for your family where you put up the stickers to count down the days to Easter or Christmas. But this one says, what can I add to my daily life that will help someone else be a better person? Here it is, you all. It's a big secret. I need to wake up earlier. Yep, that's it. And I have been trying so hard at that. If I can add that to my daily life, I feel like I can get so much more accomplished before the crazy of the day hits. And even just giving myself 30 minutes to get up and do a quick workout or get up and read my devotional or do a load of laundry without being interrupted or whatever it is, it changes the day and truly makes the other people in my home become a better person. So for me, when I wake up early, it makes everyone's life a little better. I think so often when we want to see what the world is desiring more of, we can look at, you know, the workplaces or the community movements around us and see what people are doing. In the last five years, there's been a big push to bring compassion training into business leadership training in the workplace. There was a 2019 article in Forbes called How Important is Compassion in the Workplace? One of the things that they discuss is something they call being above the line. It's about being self-aware, empathetic, engaging, having good self-management skills, being curious, having a growth mindset, etc. So obviously very positive and engaging things. And then they call below the line having fear, anxiety, defensiveness, criticism, lack of awareness, where you're caught in your own story. So that selfish thing. They go on to say, it's why compassion matters at work. Everybody would prefer, of course, to be above that line and be really good at all those skills. So that is why compassion matters in our families first. I know I don't have to tell you, but if we can be hyper aware of staying above the line in our homes as daily practice, can you even imagine how much our communities really will change? I mean, don't look at the world as a whole when I say that because I know that can feel defeating. Think of just your child's close circle of friends. What if these few families committed to these things in their home? How does that change those friend interactions? What does that ripple effect look like in the school cafeteria, in the classroom, on the sports teams? You all, it takes our families first. That is why I care so much about this whole together mission. I I don't believe any system is failing us. I believe there's a huge responsibility for our families to commit to building homes full of virtue. That is not only talked about and expected, but that is practiced over and over and over and over. And yeah, it does require work, but so what? It's the most altruistic work we can ever do. 
So I want to give you all five quick ways to practice compassion, strength training in your home that will extend into your community. And I'm sure you could add about 20 more to this list that would be super effective, but I wanted to pick just a few that I think are realistic and that should fit right into your normal life without you feeling like it's one more thing that you need to feel guilty about for not accomplishing. Because I know how discouraging that can feel when someone gives you these things to do and you think, uh, I can't even make that happen anyway. So here's what we're going to say is there's five things that your family can actually do probably within the next month or even today that won't really even change the way you're living. It will just naturally fit in. So number one, intentionally place yourself in a new place with new people or do it unintentionally. And if that's the case, then make sure you talk about it. I want to give you guys an example. My daughter's dance and we were at our dance rehearsal for the recital a couple years ago. And we sat there, watched all the dances go by and every number was performed. We get to the end and my youngest daughter, who was about, I don't know, six at the time, looked at me and said, mom, do you know what my favorite dance was? And I thought she was going to say the big girls because they're so talented. And she looked at me and said, mom, it was the Remarkable Movement Kids. They were so good. And the Remarkable Movement Kids was a new class that our dance studio had just put in that year for children with any kind of disability, all differently abled kids, and they just gave them a chance to have a real dance experience. And I could sit here, honestly, I'm getting teared up just thinking about how beautiful that that moment was for my children because, I mean, there wasn't probably a dry eye from a parent for sure that day because we see these kids up there and they're just giving it their all And you could just feel everything that they were feeling, their accomplishment and their bravery for standing up there and just the joy they were having. And we went back that night to our home and at dinner and at bedtime prayers, Julia, we always ask for intentions. And she said, I want to pray for the Remarkable Movement Kids and anyone just like them. My mama heart was just so happy and so touched. And I thought, Wow, she learned so much about empathy and compassion just by sitting there in that moment, watching these kids and feeling what they did. And it was such a beautiful display of placing ourselves in an environment that we're not always in. Just being around new people who don't live every day like you or who you don't live every day like is enough to change your perspective. If you're going to do it intentionally, then attend a church in a new part of town or shop in a new area, go to a different library. Just immerse yourself in a place that you don't go to every day because just like Julia couldn't help but feel touched by watching someone else's story, neither will you or your kids. We have to be a little more intentional about joining people where they are at and where we aren't always at. Number two, schedule a time to volunteer as a family. You all, this one is a hard one for us. I will openly admit that. I'd love to say that we volunteer our time once a week at the local 
fill in the blank. But it is just not something we do all the time. It doesn't always fit into our schedule. It, it It's just honestly not something I think about all the time, but I certainly know the benefits of it. I'm gonna give you a couple things that I think help in real life. Again, that's what we're always trying to do here. I'm sure you have a friend that is a good volunteer in the community. They always know what's going on. They're always asking for people to help out with this or help out with that, or hey, I have this going on, or you know, can you donate to this? Follow them call them, text them, whatever, find out all those things because I have a friend like that. And when I've felt like I want to get my kids doing something, she always has a good idea and it works and it's not a big time commitment. The more we can give our time to something, it will become a habit for us as a family, for our children, and they will grow up knowing that that's something that we should do for other people. And, you know, there's also tons of studies that show how volunteering and literally placing yourself next to somebody and and being in their shoes per se does strengthen different parts of our brain that increase our ability to show compassion. Number three, set high moral standards as a family and practice them. Well, that might sound kind of strange. How does that help me become more compassionate? Don't we already do that? But here's what I mean. If you have a high moral standard of, you know, we deeply care for each other in our family, then do you deeply care when someone's having a rough day? Do you take time to stop everything you're doing and help them? Is each member of your family getting the attention that you have set for all these moral standards or does everyone continue in their own direction for a crazy chaotic day? If we have something that's super important to our family, is it reflected in our daily actions? We have to maybe reflect on that and see if you know, is it something we are practicing? And if it's not, then just get better at it. You can always get better. Number four, bring in the four things you are already practicing at home. That listening thing, being an expert at communication and question asking, sharing stories, not making assumptions. If you can bring all of those into these other three things about placing yourself in a new place, volunteering, setting high moral standards and practicing them. If you can do all the other things interwoven in there and and always be talking and sharing stories, it is just going to make that that bond with that whole practice of compassion so much stronger because you're building a foundation where everybody sees how much you care. Number five, I'm a big proponent of always doing things with a purpose. Choose books, movies, shows, songs with a purpose. If we're going to be using those things anyway, why not use something that's good that's teaching us lessons? I'll give a really quick example. There's a Mandiza song and it's called Bleed the Same. And the line is, we all bleed the same. We're all beautiful when we come together. We all bleed the same. So tell me why, tell me why we're divided. We went to that concert and I remember that song coming on and my kids had known that song, but I remember talking about it in the car with them afterward and they said, yeah, I don't understand why anyone cares 
if anyone looks different or acts different, we're all the same on the inside. All it took was that song to start a really incredible conversation. So I think that we have to influence ourselves with those things because it just naturally leads to the type of talking that we want to have in our family. What are those five things again that we can do to transfer into the community? Number one, intentionally place ourselves in a new place with new people or do it unintentionally and then talk about it. Number two, schedule a time to volunteer as a family. Number three, set high moral standards as a family and practice them. Number four, use those four things you're already practicing at home while you're doing those other things. And number five, make sure the books, movies, shows, songs, all those things you're bringing into your home have a purpose and you're talking about them. So back to the beginning of this whole episode, do I think that people want a world that chooses kindness? Absolutely. Do I think we all want to flaunt our t-shirts and let people know what we stand for? Yes, yes, yes. But do we all agree that kindness stems from empathy and compassion? And do we all believe that those things don't just happen, they must be practiced? Are we willing to be families that commit to and practice compassion first in our homes? If you love what you're gathering through these episodes, please screenshot, tag us, share with friends, and leave a review. It is the best compliment you can give us. It is so encouraging, and together we can help grow stronger families. Be sure to follow us at Together Moments on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a DM. Check out all our incredible games and tools and your free family resources at togethermoments.com. As always, Take time to gather, together to grow, and speak the words that matter.